Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, we have made it to Friday. It's almost the weekend, which is always great news. And uh, this is the show where I go over all the news of, in the world of entertainment and pop culture. And there's a lot of news all the time. And um, I'm Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen. And let's just get straight into it and straight into the biggest story of the evening and that well, of the day uh, of the week probably and that's that Johnny Depp has quit his role of Gwindle, Grindelwald sorry in the Fantastic Beasts franchise so I say quit um, he revealed this on Instagram uh, not very long ago and he posted um, uh, a picture of a, a statement so if you read the statement, it, it kind of sounds to me and to probably everyone else that's read the statement that uh, Warner Brothers uh, really, really wanted him to leave uh, after. And of course, this is after the, um, the his trial with The Sun, which has been going on now for a very, very long time, too long. And of course, uh, they they uh, the judge ended up um, ruling in favor of uh, the The Sun, the newspaper. Uh, news group newspapers is that what it's called news news group something I can't remember um, it's late over here in the UK but yeah so basically he said I'll bring it up here uh, in the uh, in light of recent events I would like to make the following short statement firstly I'd like to thank everybody who's gifted me with their support and loyalty I've been humbled and moved by your many messages of love and concern, particularly over the last few days. Secondly, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers for my role as Grindelwald in, the, in Fantastic Beasts, and I've respected and agreed to that request. Finally, I wish to say this. The surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth and, conf truth, sorry, and confirm that I plan to appeal. I, res um, I resolve, my resolve, sorry, remains strong and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by this moment in time. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, Johnny Depp. <sighs> reading that and you just think, ugh. I mean, this is a really difficult story to talk about because it's... Okay, first off, the, the ruling, it, it seems to me as though he, uh, especially Warner Brothers, is really siding with Amber Heard on this. And to be honest, there's only really one way they can go because they the judge ruled in favor of the son. Therefore, they get to keep that article up claiming that he's a wife beater. Uh, this was too hot. It was just t too much for Warner Brothers. It, they, they couldn't. First off, there was a lot of a lot of people that were angry with uh, the casting, even though he's perfect for the role. Like, really, I will say, I've read the Harry Potter books multiple times. He and I've I've watched the movies. That he's the best thing in 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 the Crimes of Grindelwald film. I mean, I do kind of understand. I honestly think I have my issues with those films. Uh, he's not one of them. I have the issue with the, the 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 first film in the sense that they did that kind of bait and switch with uh, with Colin Farrell. I actually think Colin Farrell would have been a very good Grindelwald as well. And yes, Johnny Depp does bring that kind of weirdness to the role, but you know what? The franchise needed it. It really needed that. Um, 
Is he guilty? I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I, I really don't know. Should he lose his job because of this ruling? There was probably really no... If you look at it from Warner Brothers' point of view, they they couldn't really make a third film and have him be the star, which which is what would have happened. He would have. He, Grindelwald is one of the key characters in this in this franchise. They couldn't carry on with with him in this role, and and he, he of course realizes that. So. <clears throat> What does that mean? What does that mean for Johnny Depp's career? What does that mean for Fantastic Beasts? What does that mean for the role of Grindelwald? What does this mean for Amber Heard? Well, it looks pretty much like Amber Heard's career is going to carry on as normal. She's going to be in Aquaman 2. She's doing reshoots for um, for Zack Snyder's Justice League as Mira. So yeah, she seems to be fine. You know, um, the, the ruling was in basically in her favor. Uh, again, there are lots of other um, um, lawsuits going on um, with the w- with regards to this case. This one was just the, against the Sun in particular, and it was in the UK. I won't go over what the judge said because I did that in the, in a previous video. You can find the article on small screen, but um, it was kind of. Ba- I have to say, it was a bit baffling. <laughs> I'm going to be really honest. It was quite baffling. And I think a lot of people are a bit uh, quite quite baffled by this whole thing. So what will happen moving forward? Well, they're going to recast. Um, maybe Colin Farrell will come back for the role. <laughs> That'd be weird, but I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But to be honest, one after who can really step into Johnny Depp's shoes? That's, that's not an easy thing to do. But it looks like there's a lot of that going on at the moment. We know that... They're, they're not recasting Jack Sparrow in, in, in the Pirates movies, but it looks like he's not going to be part of those, um, which is a shame because he is those movies. Without without Johnny Depp, without his performance, those movies are literally just rubbish. I'm sorry, but they're rubbish without him. Um, it's, I, I'm a bit, I, I am a bit bummed by this, I'm going to be honest, because I really do... I really do as an actor I think he's fantastic. I do think he does he he he, ha, he offers something that a lot of that many other actors can't get close to. That it is a shtick to to a certain degree. There is a there is an element of him doing a lot of the same stuff in everything he's in, but he if you look at pre, like look at him in Edward Scissorhands. I just think like look at him in Sleepy Hollow. Those are two t- two films that I think he is genuinely brilliant in. I also think he's he's pretty damn good in the um in the Willy Wonka film in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film even though I think he's doing uh, kind of an, imp- an impersonation of um uh, Michael Jackson in that movie it is good and it, and it worked for that movie it's not he's not my Willy Wonka that will always be Gene Wilder but you know I thought he was good in that he, he's a really good actor he, he there, there's no denying that is he is he a wife beater I I don't know there are people that say they're they were they were as bad as one as he you know, as one another. And in that case, it's like, I mean, sometimes there are people that bring out the worst in you. And I do believe as far as Johnny Depp's concerned, that, that is, that is certainly the case with Amber Heard. You know, it's, I I don't want to go too much into what was said at the, at the, at the trial, but we heard a lot from people that were, you know, from, 
Penelope Cruz from Javier Bardem, even Vanessa Paradis, who he was with before, claiming that he was the sweetest guy, never, you know, was a great father, is a great father, and never laid a finger on him, was never violent towards her. So, and he, and he was with her for far, far longer than he was with Amber Heard for. So what, you know, sometimes there, there is that element of that, that, you know, two people come together and they're just completely wrong for each other and they, they bring out the complete worst in one another. Anyway, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that Instagram post down. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty upset. I, I am upset by it because I think it's not, I don't really think it's right. Uh, but again, I also understand why Warner Brothers asked him to leave which is what it seems like it that they did they kind of they kind of put him into a corner and they're like we want you to you know we want you to resign um it's it's a resignation but a forced re resignation uh, let, let's just leave it at that and let me know what you guys think in the comments below um I'm, I'm down about it because you know without him I really don't think those fantastic beasts or anything I'm sorry but Eddie Redmayne cannot carry those movies <laughs> he's just not good enough yeah, he's an Oscar winner but yeah you know uh, I won't go into what I think about him, but let's move on from from all of that and uh, and actually start to talk about something which is also really upsetting, which is that Disney has delayed a bunch of movies. So Disney has delayed indefinitely um, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile and Ryan Reynolds's Free Guy. Now, interestingly enough, Free Guy did this whole thing. <laughs> they, they they did this whole video about. When were they actually going to release the movie because of this um, coronavirus pandemic? And of course, it is because of the coronavirus pandemic that these two films have been delayed. The only film, the only kind of tentpole movie, big blockbuster movie at the moment that's coming out supposedly this year is, is Wonder Woman. And uh, it's looking like that film is also is definitely I'm 100 percent certain that film is going to be pushed into 2021. But uh, yeah, so two movies that, that Disney have decided to push indefinitely. Um, I think I need a pop filter on this. But yeah, uh, they're pushed indefinitely into. Well, they didn't even mention when they were gonna when they were gonna be releasing these movies. There's no release date for them. They're just there and kind of in no man's land. So as far as Death on the Nile is concerned, that was going to come out in on December eighteenth. Uh, here in the UK, that was going to come out on December 18th. I'm not sure about the US. And Free Guy. When was Free Guy going to come out? Free Guy was going to come out in, in December as well, I think. Uh, let me just get that up. Free Guy release date. So it was, it was December 2020, but now that's, that's moved. So they yeah they it was supposed to come out on december 11th 2020 uh there's no there's no release date for it now so it's again it's just it, it it's it's another it's another instance where it's like okay i mean i kind of understand but i think as far as i'm aware i i believe that it's it's a reaction to the lockdowns here in 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 the uk in france and germany especially in europe because they're still big markets uh, for, well, they're, they're huge markets for them. So, it, you know, that is that is something that um, I suppose that they're going to, it's, it's going to be really difficult, I think, to actually come up with a release date for all these movies because there are so many movies now that have been pushed into 2021. So 
when are they going to release them? A lot of these films, um, of course, they're all the movies that were originally slated for release in 2021. So, I mean, maybe maybe the best thing to do is to push some of the 2021 movies into 2022 because there's only a, there's a limited amount of space for these movies to come out. I mean, it's 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 starting to become ridiculously overcrowded because you've got all the films. I mean, the last film to come out was well big blockbuster film to come out was Tenet and Tenet didn't do very well at the box office let's I mean it did well to considering <laughs> the fact that no one wants to go to the cinemas at the moment but it didn't do well that film was tracking I mean to begin with people were looking at probably close to a billion for that movie it's a, it's a Christopher Nolan film it, w- it was going to be a big deal but uh yeah that 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 film was going that film was going to be was supposed to be coming back was was supposed to be was Warner Brothers tent one of their tentpole films of the of 2020 all of these studios have taken a huge a huge loss cinemas have taken a huge loss are cinemas going to stay open like are they are they going to be able to survive this probably not i think a lot of independent cinemas are going to go under i think a lot of a lot of cinema chains are in massive trouble we see like cineworld in the uk uh in in the us i think it's uh regal pictures i believe regal cinemas um yeah over there view odeon in the uk in france gourmand all these all these chains are in incredible difficulty now so I mean, it would have probably helped if if movie studios had been like, okay, we'll take the hit and we'll 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 release some movies in cinemas, but no, they they didn't. They didn't release any of their like the only film they they released was Tenet, and Tenet didn't do very well. So they they said, well, we're not going to push anything else out. So this doesn't it shouldn't come as a surprise that they've decided to to push, um, yeah, to push. Uh, free guy and uh, and death on the nile it's not surprising but let me know what you guys think in the comments below about this are you as upset about this as i am i i'm very down tonight i'm sorry it's the end of the week i should be a bit more upbeat but i'm not i'm not i'm not feeling very upbeat about the way things are going in the movie industry and uh (laughs) these three stories are all quite quite down and there's another one that's coming which is also quite um (laughs) quite quite upsetting and that's that sean connery didn't like being in bond (laughs) so he didn't like being in the bond franchise and he compared them to he compared the movies to comic strips so that's like comic book movies well not even comic book movies like comic strips you get in a newspaper or something like that i think he was in his head he was thinking of like the beano or something like something like in the uk and this came from deadline and Deadline actually had a, a really interesting, it was a fascinating interview actually with a, a, a journalist called Peter Bart who interviewed Sir, uh, Sir Sean Connery in the 1960s, in 1966 to be exact. And he described it as a fiercely intense interview. And uh, this was uh, right after Thunderball had been released. So actually, bear in mind, he'd only been, I think, in four, in four Bond movies. I say only, that's, that's a lot really in... It's a lot of movies to be in, like in, in one franchise. But uh, yeah, so he was going on to film You Only Live Twice. Then he then he left Bond famously, and then George Lazenby came in and only did one movie. He did um, 
on your Majesty's Secret Service on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then he, uh, Sean Connery, came back to do Diamonds Are Forever, and that was all the contract base. He really didn't want to do that film. He didn't want to be part of it. Was kind of, it's kind of well documented, all of this. But what's interesting about this interview that Bart had with Sean Connery is that this this is like this is in 1966. So as as far as Bond movies are concerned, and his career as Bond, it was nearing the end, but it was still like. He he'd been in Doctor No from Rush from Russia with Love. Um I'm blanking on the third one. You only live twice. Yeah. And then Thunderball. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thunderball. Um that's I'm gonna have to look that up because I'm I'm blanking on one of them. There's there's one film I forgot there. But um so this is what he said in the interview. Uh, this is what uh, Bart said in the interview. The Bond <clears throat> Um, sorry, this is what Sean Connery said in the interview. I'll bring it up for you here. The Bond pictures have become like comic strips depending on bigger and better gimmicks. That's all that sustains them. And so that's what Connery said during the interview. He, uh, Connery said, ordering drinks for both of us, more exacerbate, um, exasperating, he said, was that where, <clears throat> wherever he went, he found himself surrounded by Bond's licensed products, attache cases, toys, even underwear. There are even dolls with spikes that protrude from their shoes. That's a lot of rubbish. He then, uh, they then went on to talk about uh, whether he could return for a fifth movie, and uh, Sean Connery's face apparently was on his face was a look of resignation, which is, <laughs> he didn't want to be in the movie. He didn't want to be in it. It's crazy. And then apparently Sean Connery said the negotiations will be difficult. I am fighting for time as well as for money. A Bond picture takes six months. I want time to fit in other things that mean more to me. Wow. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Uh, it's... That's... Uh... Yeah, that that's... There are pretty big words from Sean Connery there. Um, it's... He clearly didn't want to be in any any more Bond movies. He clearly didn't want to have to, anything to do with the Bond franchise, which, to be honest, if you look at it at the time, is completely understandable. Because after Thunderball, actually, Thunderball was probably the moment where the Bond movies really went downhill, uh, especially the Sean Connery ones. Now, I, I, I know I get a lot of flack for saying this, but I think On Her Majesty's Secret Service is one of the best Bond movies ever made. I do not think George Lazenby is one of the best Bonds. I think he's one of the worst. He's one of the worst Bonds, but in the best film. If that makes any sense to you, <laughs> it does to me. I think the story is is really quite fascinating. It's the one Bond film that, that I've ever watched. Well, apart from maybe the the Daniel Craig movies, where it's the one Bond movie that I've watched where I thought actually Bond is a genuine human being. All the other ones, I think he's a bit of a robot. I love Bond. That's, that's coming from a fan. But uh, I do think Doctor No is fantastic. I think From Russia with Love probably is my second favorite Bond movie ever made. But then kind of after that, they, they did get gimmicky. They did get ridiculous. Like half, I mean, if you watch, watch Thunderball, Sean Connery is not, is not putting on any accent but his own. It's just his Scottish accent, you know. And it's, um, I'm sorry to any Scottish people watching, by the way, for that. But he literally is just doing a Scottish accent in it. And he just he just he just gave up by the end. He gave up, and then of course after he came back for Diamonds Are Forever, which is terrible. Diamonds Are Forever is a really bad Bond movie. It's also quite homophobic. If you rewatch it, um, you'll be surprised. 
then again, I think all the Bond movies are pretty homophobic to a certain degree. But um, if you if you watch that and then basically what happened was he did that movie but then he really wanted to do a bond his way and that is never say never again and there are problems with never say never again a lot of them but it's actually worth a watch i i, I would I, I would say go and watch it if you're in, if you're interested in in um in seeing what sean connery really thought the the character should be then go and watch uh, never say never again it's very much it's much more military than than the the bond movies he he really does kind of look at that side of things which is an interesting side to bond that you don't really see in the movies at all and it was something that i think sean connery was much more fascinated in but what do you think about the um, about sean connery's <laughs> comments about being in the bond franchise let me know in the comments below right moving on and moving on to um this is a story that i've been kind of uh it, after after a, I was always, I've been thinking a lot about how will Marvel release these R-rated MCU movies now that they've got the rights to Deadpool. I mean, they're doing a Blade movie, which should be R-rated. Um, they've got uh, Logan in in Wolverine. Are they going to do standalone Wolverine movies? These these films. Really, if you want, I know people go on about R-rated and it shouldn't matter, but it actually does because a rating allows you to go a bit further than, uh, well, if you have an R rating, which is um, over here in the UK, I believe that's a 15, but in America, I mean, I'm not, I'm not very, I'm not actually sure what the age restriction is in America, but might, probably 18, but over here it's definitely a 15. So if if you do a 15 movie in the UK, which is R-rated in the United States, you can do so much more. You don't have to worry about the language. You don't have to worry about how much blood is shown. You Because you, you, you're not constricted by these things. So it does mean that you can really push a movie further than it would go if it was, say, in the UK, I think it's, what, uh, PG-13? In the UK, maybe 12, 12A, I think it is in the UK. I think it's PG-13 in the US. So you can go far, you can do so much more with an R-rated movie. I really do not think you can do a Deadpool PG-13, 12A. I just don't think it would work because we've already had two Deadpool movies that are R-rated with a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of gore, a lot of swearing, a lot of Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. I don't think he could be like that in a in a... 12a movie so how are they going to get around this because traditionally marvel just does not make r-rated movies they never they haven't done one yet in the mcu disney doesn't make r-rated movies they used to make more kind of adult films with touchstone pictures they were like that was like their kind of that their the, the banner that they released their they're their more kind of their darker films under their more let's say r-rated movies but that doesn't exist anymore. So, and also it wouldn't really make sense to kind of revitalize the Touchstone Pictures banner just for the R-rated um, Deadpool and Blade and Logan movies. So what can they do? Well, it's it, the, 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 it's been staring us in the face this whole time. They've still actually got 20th Century Fox, but it's just re been rebranded as 20th Century Studios. So this, again, this uh, was, um, this comes, basically this whole idea that I was talking about comes from a scoop 
uh, from Geekosity, uh, Mikey Sutton. Shout out to Mikey Sutton. And um, according to him, Marvel and Disney are already thinking that that's what they're going to do. They're going to be they're going to they're going to release the R-rated movies under the 20th Century Studio banner. And then that, that's it's basically going to be like the 20th Century Fox never left that they never merged with Disney basically because they they're just going to carry on with this. And what what they might end up doing is having crossover movies. Say Deadpool might as it seems as though it's been leaked show up in Doctor Strange 2. They're going to have to tone him down, but he can still be in that. And that might that will work. You'll get a toned down version of Deadpool in the MCU, and then you'll get Deadpool as he should be in these 20th Century Studio movies. Then you'll also get a Blade movie under the 20th Century Studio banner, which is R-rated. It just makes more sense. It, it makes more sense because it, it also stops... It means that you don't have to change the tone of the MCU. All you have to do is make sure <laughs> that... that um, these R-rated characters are kind of on their best behavior in the MCU, which could work if you think about it. If you, if you think about seeing Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, being in the MCU, he would be so meta, it'd be funny. He'd be going on about, oh, I have to be on my best behavior, the mouse is watching. Well, you know, you know something like that. There could be a lot of jokes like that, and they would work, and they'd work in a PG-13 setting. So it would still work. It would be a watered-down version of the character, but I think I think people would be fine with that. And I think it could work if they really, <clears throat> if they, they work with their writers, they work with the actors to really get it right for, the, for, for those particular kind of crossover movies where these characters are coming, like basically a future Avengers movie that you see Deadpool coming in. And, and you don't have to have the gratuitous violence in those movies that you probably would do in the Deadpool standalone films. So I think this is how they're going to go ahead with it. Uh, according to Geeky, um, Geekosity, that's how it's going to happen. And I think it's the best and most logical explanation. There was a lot of talk about people uh, from people that I was just like, this is absolutely nonsense, that, um, that Marvel was going to work with Sony, Sony Pictures on the R-rated movies. And I was like, that's never going to happen. Because why would they do that? Why would they split the earnings with Sony Pictures? They can just do it under 20th Century Studios. It's, it's a ridiculously dumb idea. And any, uh, any, any outlet that is writing that is just lying and you shouldn't read them. Because that's just there's no logic behind it. It's really stupid to say that because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any business sense. Marvel would never do that. Disney would never allow that. But what they will allow is the fact that they still have... They still have 20th Century Studios. It still exists. It hasn't. People seem to be thinking as though, oh, it's it's gone. We're never gonna. The thing, the, the, the one, th the thing about the merger that's upsetting is the fact that they're no longer two separate entities. That um, because, face it, 20th Century uh, Fox, they, 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 they had. There are lots of films that they made that are just absolutely fantastic. Looking like, think of the films they made in the comic book movie genre. They made Logan. They made the Deadpool films. They made um, the Kingsman movies. They made Kick-Ass, I believe. I think. I'm pretty sure they made Kick-Ass. Maybe they didn't make Kick-Ass. But they definitely they definitely made the Kingsman movies. And um, they just seem to... <laughs> 20th Century Fox seem to just not really... They, they, they're not as... They're not as constrained. They weren't as constrained as Disney are. Or is. 
uh, Disney really, really just is very much family first, which is fine. That that's the way they are. But they also, they, I would, I would call them quite vanilla. They don't, they don't push the boat out really. They don't think outside the box. They, I mean, I, I've enjoyed the Star Wars movies. I've enjoyed the Marvel movies. I, I mean, I love them. I, I, I'm going to say I love them. But imagine, imagine if 20th Century Fox had done something with those those properties. Which, to be honest, 20th Century Fox originally made. Well, they distributed the the original Star Wars films, which are far better than the new ones. Uh, you know, they they are. They, I think they also probably did. Maybe they didn't do. No, I don't think they did the prequels. Tell me in the in the comments whether they did. I can't, I can't remember. But um, <clears throat> what I'm getting to is 20th Century Studios still exists. They're going to release their R-rated movies under that banner. And they're going to be fine. It's just, it's just going to be like, honestly, it's going to be like nothing's ever happened. Nothing's ever changed. Right, moving on. And moving on to uh, another scoop from Geekosity is that according to them, Wesley Snipes is going to be, is in discussions to play the villain in MCU in the MCU's Blade movie, uh, according to them, he's either going to be playing uh, uh, Dracula, or I'm blanking on his name now. Um, Blade's kind of mentor. <sighs> Why I'm blanking on so many names tonight? What is his name? Let me get the article up. Apologies for this. I do want. I want to get his name right. Uh, what is his name? Mm-mm-mm. Abraham Whistler. <laughs> so that's his name. And um, I think he'd be good for either. Honestly, I think he'd be good for either role. I think I would like him... To, I would actually really like to see him play a villain in, in, in this franchise. Of course, he was the guy that, that played Blade originally. And he's fantastic as Blade. He was brilliant. We watched Blade 1 and Blade 2. They're brilliant. Blade 2 is so good. Guillermo del Toro's movie is, is just fantastic. But um, seeing... He, he's someone that... If you've watched Dolomite Is My Name, then you'll realize uh, he's really, really looking at other roles, trying to expand his repertoire, show his range. He's actually got a lot of range as an actor that he doesn't get enough credit for. So I would like to see him play a villain. I'd rather see him play a kind of Dracula-like character. I don't think him as Dracula would quite work um, because I think, well, to be honest, if he is going to be in this movie and they start off with Dracula, you're kind of getting your biggest villain, Blade villain, out in the very first movie. And I don't think that's the best idea to do if they want this to continue, if they want there to be, if they want people to be really invested in these films, I think they might have to find another villain, not Dracula. But that's just my personal opinion on that. But what do you guys think about this? Would you like to see Wesley Snipes in the Blade reboot? Of course, it's being Blade is being played by Mahershala Ali, and that's fantastic casting. I cannot wait to see that. I cannot wait to see him play Blade. I'm really excited. Blade is probably my most anticipated Marvel movie because I love I love the character. I love the comic books. In the comic books, he's English. You can't have everything. I thought John Boyega would have made a very good Blade, but you know what, Mahershala Ali, I'll take that any day. So yeah, I'm really excited for it. Let me know in the comments below what you guys think. Right, um, other Marvel news is that apparently Marvel has already renewed Loki for a season two on Disney+. Plus. So this is kind of confusing because basically 
there's a lot of news coming out about Loki, and um, there's it, it's still not sure whether they're filming it at the moment or not, whether they've taken a break. They are supposed supposedly filming it in in Atlanta, but I, I haven't heard anything about what's going on on the set apart from the the fact that what is the name. The fact that uh, Richard E. Grant is rumoured to be playing an older version of Loki and Sophia DiMartino has been spotted on set and it seems like she'll be a female version of the character. So apparently there'll be multiple people playing Loki, which is makes sense. He's, she, he's a shapeshifter. He can be anybody. He's also apparently going to be bisexual in it, which is, um, is canon as far as the comic books are concerned and as far as Norse mythology is concerned. So you cannot get annoyed about that one. But um, no, apparently they've already um, they've already greenlit season two. Uh, this comes from Production Weekly, and Production Weekly is, um, I mean, that they, they, they just put they put down which which shows are being worked on, and in in Production Weekly they said Loki season two. So it seems as though it's a, it's going ahead. It's 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 been greenlit. I got I did get that from MovieWeb, and um, Production Weekly is something that I'm I, I'm pretty familiar with. So yeah, it looks like that's happening. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited to see this. Apparently, to begin with, they were saying it was going to be a six-episode season, actually mini a mini-series. But then um, Clark Gregg actually let slip that they're going to do 10 or 12 episodes. <sighs> Who knows what's happening with this? Who knows what's going on with this with this show? But they are reportedly making a season two. And I really, really want to see it. I really want to see this season two. I'm really excited for the Loki show. I think it's going to be great. But uh, what do you think? What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below. <clears throat> right, moving on. Moving on to uh, what is I think my favorite. Uh, you know, I went from this. The start of the show was quite down. The end of the show is going to be upbeat, and Boba Fett. There is apparently going to be a live action miniseries. Yes, and apparently it's coming to Disney Plus. Apparently they're filming it next week. This is insane. Like this is something that I. This comes from Deadline. Deadline said they they heard a rumor that it's happening, and that um it's going to it's going to start filming next week, and it's going to star Tamura Tamuria Morrison. I think that's Tam, Tamuria Morrison. I'm bad with pronouncing names. I'm sorry, but I believe that's how you say it. Apparently he's going to be starring in it. Apparently they're going to be filming it next week. Apparently it's happening, and I could not be more happy. Uh, I loved seeing him in the first episode of The Mandalorian. He pops up at the end of the first episode. Spoilers. Sorry, but he, he pops up at the end of the first. If you haven't seen the first episode of The Mandalorian season two, what are you doing? You, you got to watch it. But um, yeah, he's he's yeah he's in it. Sorry, he's in it at the end. Pretty sure he's playing playing Boba Fett. He's on Tatooine. He's looking at the guy that has his old armor. He's playing Boba Fett. He looks really cool. He looks like all kind of scarred, probably from the Sarlacc pit. But yeah, it looks like we're going to get uh, going to get a mini series, which I think is I think this is what style they should do. This is what Lucasfilm should do more of. Just do smaller things, kind of not not think oh we need to do like a massive show. But this is what it seems as though this is what they're doing. They're doing it with a Kenobi series now. Apparently they're doing it with Boba Fett, and it's it's been basically seemingly rushed into production. They apparently they want to get this filmed before the Mandalorian season three, which John Favreau wants to get get filming at the end of this year. So they don't have very long. I'm pretty sure that that's that the Mandalorian season three is going to be pushed into um, uh, into 2021. Talking of the Mandalorian season three, Sophie Thatcher has been cast uh, in a role, uh, undisclosed role. She's fantastic. If you've watched um, a Prospect 
on on Netflix, then you'll know how she, how good she is. Of course, she's in that movie with Pedro Pascal, so there's that link there. I'm really excited to see her. Actually, she's really really good, and I'm excited to see this Boba Fett um, miniseries. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Is this something you're excited for? Yeah, let me know. And finally, what I'm going to do is gonna I'm going to give you a little review. Uh, I'm going to review the Mandalorian season two, episode two, chapter ten, the passenger. And uh, this this episode was released today, and it is brilliant. I loved it. I loved it so so much. Uh, it's it's one of those. Um, it's just this. This show is get uh, as far as I'm concerned. This show is getting better and better and better and better. There are there's so much good in the Mandalorian now. Uh, when I first uh, when I was first watching it, I wasn't so sure about it. The first season, I thought it was I thought it was fine. Uh, I enjoyed the last two episodes quite a lot, but it's just gone from strength to strength. I will sorry strength to strength. I will say that I did think um, episode one was better. Mainly because I preferred this. I thought the story was better. There was more going on. This episode was quite, in comparison to last week's episode, this episode was actually quite smaller in scale. Um, the whole thing is that the Mandalorian is still trying to find other Mandalorians so he can get help to get the child, Baby Yoda, back to <laughs> back to the the Jedi, which is a kind of weird way to do it. But he's on a quest. And this is this is what this is how quests work, and uh, yeah, so he's doing that, and in order in order to um, he's basically he's lost his lead basically because he's now he's now in um, on Tatooine and that's where he thought a um, where he that's where he thought the uh, the he would find a Mandalorian. It wasn't Mandalorian. It was called Vanth. And this episode, basically, he has to take on a passenger who says she's a frog lady, and she says that she knows where a Mandalorian is, but uh, she needs safe passage to a, a planet that I'm blanking on the name right now so that she can have her husband who's on the planet. Um, what's the word? <laughs> Not impregnate, but yeah, she's got eggs and, <laughs> you know, and um, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. Sorry, it's late here. It's quite late. But basically, in order to do this, he can't go into hyperspace. So he has to do it slow, which is actually very dangerous. And I love that. I love that concept. I really love that concept. It reminded me a bit of Firefly. It reminded me of kind of Western space shows that I love. Firefly. And then the episode basically uh, goes to... He ends up on an ice planet because he gets chased by... Um, by uh, the the actually resistance fighters and he ends up in a cave and in that cave is where I thought it went very very alien there are eggs there are spiders there's baby Yoda eating stuff it's 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 both kind of freaky and funny and I really really loved it I in my review I said it was like um it's basically like alien for kids and I think it really is I think it's um I think this show is going to, to very, very interesting, very good places. I'm really excited to see what comes next. And I think everyone should watch it. I think it's one of the best shows on, especially Disney Plus at the moment. It's probably one of the only shows, but on streaming platforms at the moment. I would say Truth Seekers is also really good, but that's all been dumped at once. This is weekly. And I love. I actually love the fact that this is weekly. I love the fact that these episodes are longer than, than last season's. This was 42 minutes long, which I think is a good time, a good length for these things. I, I liked the 52 minutes of the previous episode, but 42 is fine. I'll take that. And I think I gave it an eight 
on on the site. I thought it was really really good. Uh, bit not as good as the, as the previous episode, but a very solid second episode. I'm very excited to see episode three, which is coming out next week. Uh, let me know if you've seen it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments below. And with that, I'll say thank you very much for watching. Uh, thank you for those of you who have been commenting. Thank you um, for everyone that's been watching this. Uh, I've been doing these now for the last, I think, three weeks. It's been really good fun. It's been a, a lot of work, but I really do love it. If you don't like um, watching live streams, if you'd rather listen to this in podcast form, I do uh, put them out on um, uh, as a podcast. You can find that at Small Screen Stories. If you do like the podcast, please give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'd be wonderful. If you like what I'm doing here, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on Facebook, please like the page. Like it, that'd be brilliant. If you're on Twitch, well, I don't really know what you guys do on Twitch. I'm very new to Twitch, <laughs> but um, maybe there are people watching. I don't know. <clears throat> but um, yeah, thank you very much for watching. You can find Small Screen everywhere on, on social media. That's uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all at Small Screen GB. Uh, I'm, a, I'm at Small Screen on Twitch. Uh, you can also follow me EJ Lauder on on uh, on Twitter and thank you very very much for watching everyone and I'll see you in the next one have a fabulous weekend goodbye